All right, guys, welcome to another episode on the podcast. Got myself, Brian Gold, my co-host, Squints, and our new friend, Mason, that came out here just by me sliding in your DMs. Yeah, I'm glad um, to be here, by the way. We appreciate you You guys are nice. You guys are too nice. He paid for the flight. I'm just happy to be here, man. Hey, man. Escape the cold from Utah for a little bit. I saw yeah. you show up in shorts, and I was like, this motherfucker's from Utah. Yeah, for sure. It's freezing right now. I checked the is. weather because I'm going there this week, and I was like, fuck. Bro. Oh, dude, my boy just sent me a picture of the slope. <laughs> the high was like 40. I was like, oh. Yeah, it's a, lot, it's a lot of snow. And I, I'm a snowboarder, so I like I like the snow. But if you're not snowboarding or sledding. Snow sucks. It sucks. It does. Dude, or, this... or unless it's Christmas. I'll if it's Christmas the... Day, I want Snow's bad snow. Snow's badass. Yeah. that. No good. Yeah, for us, it's what, two hours to snow? I mean, shit, it's about five minutes now. <laughs> this year it has been at least, you know what I mean? Yeah. Here real quick. Yeah, it, the, the, all the mountains are snow-capped. It's been tripping me out because I'll be sitting here in the valley somewhere, and it's like streets I drive every day, but I see the snow-capped mountains that aren't supposed to be mm -hmm. snow-capped, and I'm like, where the fuck am I right now? Dude, what about Weird. the hail we got last week, too? Yeah, it is It is strange. So is there snow on the ground in Salt Lake still? Yeah, there's snow everywhere. In the valley, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. It's been cold, huh, this winter? It's been weird, man. Like, it's like some days. Utah's weird like that, though. Yeah. Like, Monday will be hot, and then Tuesday, blizzard. I heard yesterday it was like 55. Yeah. Warm like, I was one-wheeling. Yep, yesterday, I took my motorcycle out for a ride, and then today, like, yeah, not good. Not happening. up and down, man. But, but no. uh, how do you find purpose after your story? Um... Well, should I tell my story first? Let's tell yeah. the story. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's give the viewers a little a backstory. Yeah, there. I think uh, so. I, I'm a normal guy. I grew up. I love basketball. I don't know if you guys are hoopers or anything. You give me like white men can't jump vibes. Yeah, I, I love that movie. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's my money, Billy. Yeah. That lady's voice in that yeah. show. Oh my god. It's so good. It's my money. <laughs> you know they got a new one coming out. I think that's a mistake, though. Yeah. Like, who, in the who did they have is. play? Who did they have play Billy? It's usually it's usually bad when you wait like thirty years or twenty years to do the remake, and then you do it. Top but Gun then, was a good one. I mean, Top Gun was damn. Tom good. Cruise still got it, bro. Top Gun's Top Gun. You know what I mean? Top Tom Gun Cruise is good. still the same person. He's probably a better person now than he was then. Even. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Sorry. What, what yeah. Were yeah. We you're about you're, you're a regular dude. You yeah, regular basketball. dude. So I love basketball growing up. That was basically like what I dedicated my life to. Like I was, you know, I'm a 5'10 white kid from Utah. My chances of playing college basketball aren't great. Yeah. <laughs> but that was my goal. Like I want to play college ball. And I got good enough. I was able to play college basketball. Um, I met this girl named Courtney in high school. And just like, and it was weird because I, I was a baller. Like I hoop was my girlfriend. Like it's what I dedicated all my time to. And I met this girl, and it was just like, just loved hanging out with her, man, and just fell for her. And we, we, uh, our senior year in high school, we actually won the award most likely to marry your high school sweetheart. Wow. Yeah, we were just like <laughs> so the cute. couple that, like, we just got each other, man. Um, so I, I, uh, finish high school, I go play basketball at Dixie State University, which mm -hmm. is now Utah Tech. So it, it was a D2, kind of a smaller school. Hey, you were there. Don't, 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 oh, don't dude, short it. If, if you have, if you can play any type of college basketball at the next level, good for you, man. Yeah. Like NAI, NAIA, JUCO, D2, yeah. D3, whatever. That's killing it at the park. Yeah, dude. And yeah. I was so, I was so 
I was so stupid when I was younger because I thought it's D1 or bust. Yeah. No, I and get it. Then and I then quickly all... learned like, dang, like these dudes that go to JUCO are fucking good, man. Like yeah. they're good. Um, so I just fell for this girl playing college ball. Um, ended up marrying Courtney. And we're just kind of living the dream. So we're going to school. I'm playing basketball. She's doing the nursing program. We have our first child named Riggins. I don't know if you guys, you're not much of a TV guy, it sounds no. like. You're Mr. Busy Guy. Usually, yeah. You ever seen the TV show Friday Night Lights? Yeah. Okay. So there's a character off that show named Tim Riggins. Mm -hmm. We love him so much. Anyway, so we named our firstborn child Riggins. Um, I finished playing basketball. Courtney gets her nursing degree. And then we end up moving back to where we came from, West Jordan, Utah, where we went to high school and and i wanted to do something with basketball because i love basketball and i also wanted to do something where i could help teenagers mm -hmm. and like oh a high school coach perfect yeah like i can be around basketball i can be around teenagers like perfect so we, we go back to west jordan utah we start our new careers i'm high school teacher basketball coach courtney's a nurse we have two more kids blue and then we had our a daughter frankie mm-hmm and uh just like and you know de death's a weird thing but what I, what i mean by that is sometimes people die like they just turn into like hercules all of a sudden like they never made a mistake they're mr perfect you know what i mean like you only see the good yeah and and i'm i get weird about that i think that's disrespectful like you don't get to be a piece of shit your whole life and then you die and just because death's scary and sad you don't just get to cash in and act like you were this great person like if you were a douchebag like you you're were a douchebag douche douche so like i don't i don't want to like overdo it but like dude i was so happy man like pretty perfect marriage as close as you could get beautiful kids a career i loved it was we it was I've always been a simple guy, dude. Like, I don't need a big house or fancy things. I just had my wife and kids. I, I loved it. So I'm teaching, and I get like a – like, you just don't make a lot of money being a high school teacher. You know what I mean? Dude, I have three kids, and it's like, dude, this is this is rough. So I start a side hustle where I, I start training basketball players on the side, like skill development. And it kind of turned into the side hustle became more than the main hustle. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm like Courtney, like I told my wife, I'm like, I think I have like a another career opportunity over here in this skill development of mm -hmm. basketball training. So to make a long story short, dude, I get this phone call one day from these people in Southern Utah. They work at this place called Nets on Fire, big, beautiful basketball complex. And they literally call me with my dream job. Like, hey, we want you to come train our players, help us put together AAU basketball teams and travel the country and coach. I'm like, wow. what the hell? Like for real? And they're like, yeah. So I tell Courtney about it. She's like, damn, like, let's go. So we moved back down to St. George where we went to college. Oh, so shit. yeah, <laughs> it was cool. So Courtney and I are like back in our hometown, like where we first were married. So we're loving it. And again, like I start this new career, Courtney gets a, a nursing job that she really loves. And uh, my brother race i have an older brother race that lives there too which mm -hmm. was awesome because i you know he was older and didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with him like i wish i had growing up 
wish I could talk to him more. And now I get to live close to him. It was everything was just clicking. And then, so I take this new job at Nets on Fire, and that the next weekend, my family's having a family reunion in northern Utah. And I, I'm a family guy, and so I always go to family reunions. Um, but I told my mom, hey, Courtney and I, we can't make it to this family reunion. because." And I felt like I just took on this new job, so I didn't feel like I can take on this new job and then just leave. I, I understand. Yeah, I felt like I had to show them that I'm serious. And and so we, we decided not to go. And then that Friday, the, that weekend rolls around, the weekend of the family reunion. And my wife is like, hey, Mace, um, you're just going to be working, coaching in this tournament all weekend. I have the kids. I, I'm just going to take them to the family reunion. I'll just drive them up there, drive them back Sunday. It'll be fun. I'm like, yeah, sounds great. And my brother, Race, who we live by, he was going to, obviously, it's his family too, as a family <laughs> reunion. So he's like, hey, I'm going, are you going? I'm like, I can't go, but Courtney's going. He's like, you should ride with Courtney and the kids so you can carpool together. And he's like, yeah, sounds good. So Race takes his youngest son, Ryder, and they ride with my family to Bear Lake, northern Utah, to the family reunion. So six people. Yeah. Yeah. And... uh that that was the last I saw any of them. So on the way back from that family reunion, um, I I have a motorcycle, and I don't get to ride it a lot because I have three kids. Yeah. So my wife took the kids out of town, and I'm literally it's Sunday, and I'm just waiting for my family to get back. I don't have a whole lot to do, and so I'm going to take the bike out for a ride. Um, and so I I take my bike out for a ride and. Um, I time it so when I get home from riding my motorcycle, my family should be home soon. So I come home, and they're not there yet. I'm like, that's weird. So I take my gear off. I get into my apartment, and uh, I look at my phone, and my brother's wife, I have some messages from Keisha. And so I call her back, and she's like, Mace, like, have you heard from Courtney or Race or anyone? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, Courtney called me when they left Fillmore saying, you know, see in a little bit almost home that was the last i heard from him and she's like i don't know i just have like a weird feeling i hope they're okay I'm like i'm sure everything's fine so i hung a, i i end that conversation with keisha and i pull out my phone and i call my wife courtney straight to her voicemail and so i call my brother race straight to his voicemail i'm like that's weird and i just standing in my room like just like okay and then my phone rings and i answer it's an unknown number I answer it, and this guy says, I'm Dr. So-and-so from Fillmore Hospital. There's been an accident. And so I just talked with my sister-in-law, Keisha. And so I'm like, oh, shit. So in my mind, I picture my wife, Courtney, and my brother, Race, like, injured in a hospital bed. Kids are in the hallway crying, like, scared. So we got to get there. Like, in my mind, that's worst-case scenario. That's where my mind went. And so before the doctor even keeps talking, I put my phone on speaker and I text Keisha. I'm like, hey, there's been a car accident. Come get me because I have my motorcycle. I'm like, I can't yeah. take me and you and the, like, you're going to have to come get me. I don't even have a car. And I don't even know all the details yet. All I know is this dude, there's been a car accident. So I text that to Keisha. I'm like, hey, there's been a car accident. Come pick me up. So I send that 
and then the doctor keeps talking to me and and he's just taking a while dude and i and i think the reason he's taking so long is he's about to tell tell me some terrible news and he didn't want to have to tell you that either pro yeah and i think so. the first responders i think they were just confused at first like same last name i think they so just what? thought it you were one. next of kin yeah so I, just, I think when they yeah. first got there they're thinking oh this is one family and then they're learning like oh shit like this is actually two families. two different families so the guy was like at, i'm like he's like are you the owner of the buick i'm like dude what is going on he says i'm really sorry but there's been a terrible 22 car pile up everyone's dead except one person 22 cars 22 car pile up fuck bro and so I fall to the ground and I start crying and you know, like the stages of grief, mm -hmm. like anger, denial, acceptance, bargaining. I was kind of just flipping through all of those like 10 seconds in each one immediately. Just like, like, I think I remember asking him like, you're kidding. Like you're joking. And he's like, I wish I was joking. And then I remember just being in denial and then like, having waves of acceptance and like, Oh, I need to start telling people what's going on. And then I'd slip into denial and then anger and then bargaining. Oh, bargaining's like the saddest thing, dude. If you see someone actually like in the phase of bargaining it rips your heart out, man. Um, so everyone's dead except one person. And, and listen, like, I'm sure the guy who called me did a really good job. I'm not trying to act like he gave me bad information. Yeah, there's I no, was just there's no way to handle this. that well, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you have four kids. Yeah, there's no way I mean, to handle that. I couldn't like, imagine no. making so that phone like, call or receiving it. Yeah. There's nowhere to, there's, there's no good place to, no. and, to come from. You know? And honestly, guys, like the thing, the worst thing I experienced before that was like nothing, dude. Like, I think before the accident, I'm like, what did I even used to worry about? I can't, I can't even remember. It's like, can you remember your life before you had kids? Like, kind of not. <laughs> like, you've had kids forever. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Like, I can't. So, dude, anyway. And so I'm having a tough time, obviously. And then I don't even know, like, is the one survivor from my vehicle? Or are we talking... There's just one survivor total. Like it's from someone else's car. So I don't even know if it's my kid. I don't even know. Or I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like, what the hell? And my my older brother races in the car. And and my older brother race was like a state champion wrestler. And then he got into MMA fighting. Just like this weird, tough skater, punk, weird, tough guy. Just weird, like takes a punch type yeah. of thing. Indestructible. Yeah, yeah. And so, dude, like, I'm looking at my phone, and I just hear it, like, one survivor, one survivor. Like, who is it? And my mind just automatically on its own, my mind just starts flipping, almost like pictures on a slideshow. My wife, my kids, right? Like, they all just flip through my mind, like, who is it? And I'm, like, shaking because I want it to be my wife or my kids so bad. Like, I just... And it was so fucked up because in the moment, I'm literally praying please don't let it be race. Like, just, you can't do that to me, man. Because if race is the survivor, that means my whole family's dead. So, like, and that fucked me up for a while. And and, and I have a lot of guilt about that still about my brother. Like, how can sure. someone wish that 
to a brother like they look and it's just like and it's weird brian because like sometimes like there's a voice in me that gets it like mason you don't need to feel shame or guilt about that like race would understand yeah. race would get it you don't need to feel bad about it bro i have that so like you guys don't need to tell me that because i have that i know that but dude there's a real person inside of me still that fucking hates me yeah, like, I can't live with myself. It's understandable. <clears throat> I think <clears throat> I think that story alone is just a good indication of trauma and what it can yeah. do to someone. So I pick up the phone, and he says the survivor is a three-year-old. So I drop the phone again, and my wife's gone. Just, like, gone. Like, I saw her walk out the door, like, hey, I'll see you Sunday. No, never, like, gone, and... You know, the bodies were so bad, I couldn't even see, couldn't, they, they let me see her hand. They're like, hey, if you want to see her hand, you, we'll let you see her hand. I'm like, I can't fucking do that. Yeah, not not a good way to go. Um, my wife's gone, my brother's gone, Ryder's gone, Riggins is gone. And so, three-year-old, I that could be my daughter, Frankie, who's two, but I don't know, like, she could pass as three. It could be Frank. And I'm just desperate. Like, tell me it's someone of, like, give me something. Or it could it could mean Blue, who was three at the time, but really little for three. So I don't know. I'm just kind of hopeful for both. I want everyone to be alive, I think. And for some reason, we're talking, and I, I get the idea that it's Frankie. Like, oh, this is my daughter, Frankie. And I, and I and if I remember right, I tell the doctor, I'm like, oh, that's my daughter, Frankie. And he says, no, this isn't um, this isn't a girl. This is a boy. He has blonde hair, blue eyes. And my son, Blue, has blonde hair, blue eyes. Dude, and so, like, the feeling of, like, I thought my son, Blue, was dead. And now you're telling me, and I thought Frankie was the survivor. And it was, this guy gave me the best news. He's like, it's a three-year-old with blonde hair blue eyes and dude i had like blue is actually alive like blue might be alive and it was just like this feeling of redemption and hope and then at the exact same time dude it meant that my daughter frankie was gone and that like that really fucked me up dude and i like in life now i don't even know what i want i Dude, I used to think life was like you work hard, you do stuff good. You kind of get a payback. Like life works out for you. And it's just like, dude, like what the hell? I was a good dad. I was a good husband. I wasn't perfect, but like I wasn't the deadbeat dad, alcoholic that didn't know what was most important. Uh, it's just the most frustrating thing to me, dude. And now like this crossover with Frankie and Blue it it's done so much damage or like i can't i don't want to commit to anything because what if it's blue instead of like you know what i mean like i can't even explain it but that experience really like messed me up and it's tough for me to commit to things and to and to decide things to make a decision because i don't even know what i want it was almost like do you want it to be blue or frankie it's like i don't know i want all of them how can you even ask me that so um I'm hoping it's blue. And they're like, hey, we're life lighting him to the University of Utah. 
I'm like, okay, how long does the life flight take? They're like, 45 minutes. I'm like, okay. Um, and then they said, we need to get a hold of Keisha, my brother's wife. I'm like, well, she's coming to my house right now to pick me up. I can tell her, but I'm not telling her unless you know for sure everyone else is dead. And he's like, yeah, everyone else is dead. I'm like, okay, I'll tell her. So I have to, what's that? Well, yeah, not good, dude. So, and I'm still in my apartment and I'm going through all these phases of, of grief, right? And every once in a while, the acceptance guy will step in. Mm-hmm. Like the rational guy. He's like, Mace, you need to call your parents, tell them what's going on. You need to get, get to the University of Utah Hospital. So you need to find someone that can get you there. So I called my buddy Jake. I told him what was going on. I'm like, you need to pick me up and drive me there. I tell my parents what's going on. I'm like, hey, I think the survivor might be blue. If it is blue, I need you to be at that hospital because it's going to take me four hours to get there. It's going to take you 45 minutes. So please drive to the hospital. So if it is blue, someone's there. And then that guy would leave and I'd collapse, like literally like collapse, slap the pavement. And then the acceptance guy would come back later. But that's kind of how it was. So I leave my apartment. I get to the main road so I can flag down Keisha and I flag her down and I get into her car and and I, I'm just, they can tell, like, what is going on? And, like, and I don't know how else to tell them. So I just say, there's been a car accident. Everyone's dead except maybe Blue. And my niece, Faith, lets out this scream that I, it, more than a, like, not like, like a weird, yelping, terrible sound. And just literally takes off, like, leaves the car and just runs. Just takes off running. Books it. Books it. Like, the flight or flight thing, like, she just took off running. And then I look, so I'm in the back seat, and so I look, I'm right behind Keisha, my brother's wife, and I see Keisha's head drop, and and the first words out of her mouth was, my precious rider, because she just lost her son. Um, And then I had to leave them. I had, so I'm holding Keisha, I'm trying to figure out where Faith is, and then I, Jake, my buddy Jake, picks me up. And I have to leave my dead brother's wife all along. Like, I had to leave her. I left her there in hopes that my one of my kids was still alive. It was, so, it was not good. So my buddy Jake picks me up. We drive four hours. I have to drive through the car accident to get there. Um, I get there, and it is blue. And that kid saved my life if. If Blue didn't make it, I don't think... I'm very confident I wouldn't... I mean, I struggle with depression and thoughts of dying every day. And if it wasn't for Blue, I, I'm confident I wouldn't be here anymore. But Blue had a couple <clears throat> scratches on his head. He had a broken hand. And that was it. Like, he was fine. I mean, he had a neck brace on for precaution, but... He was fine, dude, and... <clears throat> It was like I was reborn that day into this, like, trauma and the rebirth of it. And my whole perspective's different now. And um, to make a long story short, um, or maybe we can talk about it. It is a podcast. I don't know what you guys want to do. But, <laughs> but there's there's a quote I love that says, life's 10% what happens to you and 90% what you're going to do about it. Yeah. Very and. Good. Listen, like if someone lost a spouse or a kid today, I would not send them that quote. I wouldn't be like, "Well, life's temp." Like, yeah, it's not the timing time. is is needed with this yeah. quote. But that quote changed everything for me. 
And that's what I've taken to heart is life's not fair. No. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen, happen to, to good, good people. people. At least that's what I believe. No, it's the truth. And it is the truth. I think all you have control over or what you should focus on is what's in your what's control. Left, what yeah. can you do? Yeah. And life's pain. And what happened to me is unfair and it sucks. But the only thing I have to focus on is what am I going to do about it? And one thing I've chosen to do is just talk about it. And yeah. for guys, like, guys don't want to talk about how bad they're hurting. They don't want to cry in front of other people. They don't want to admit that they're weak. They don't want to do any of that stuff. Um, and that's something that I'm trying to help is, dude, I, I understand the feeling of loneliness and being completely powerless very, very well. And if I can help other people with those feelings, that I feel like I give meaning to the car accident like i give it a purpose if i choose to just sit back and whine and complain and poor me why me the rest of my life i don't help anyone i don't help myself and the car accident becomes meaningless yeah doesn't mean anything and i think i think that's how life is you got a way to honor them now yeah like yeah opportunity for you to tell their story dude an opportunity how how you rise out of this situation dude and I'm so glad you said the word opportunity because that's truly what it is. And one thing I learned about opportunity is it doesn't come from, it can come from something terrible. It can. It can come from something absolutely it's terrible, but There's it's still an opportunity, everything. dude. Like you have a shitty divorce as bad as it is. But it's an opportunity to heal or grow or learn or, or change somebody else's life or transform. Yeah. Or to live through someone else. I think so. Yeah. And even if that's not true, like, there's not a better perspective to have. Zero. There's no there's there's no other perspective to have that's positive, right? Yeah. So that's the only thing we have control over. I'm glad you found the the courage to talk about this and, and to tell going. the story. Yeah. And then the 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 opportunity in it to know that there is something for other people to learn. If it's as simple as, you know, don't take things for granted. Yeah. And a million sure. other lessons that are there. You know what I mean? And like, <clears throat> I don't know if there's cool things you get from trauma if you accept it. And like, so after the accident, probably the first year, I was in complete denial, shock, running away from it. Like I couldn't look at pictures of them. I couldn't talk about them. It's only just recently you've been able to. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's a good point too. Like this car accident happened about a year and a half ago. So the last six months you've been able to yeah, work yeah, through it a little dude, better. Yeah. Like that's crazy that it's only been six months. Cause I started my podcast on the anniversary date of the accident. So July 25th, 2021 is when the car accident happened. July 25th, 2022 is when I posted our first 1090 episode and I did my first public speaking gig. So that's kind of the anniversary of our 1090 thing is that year mark. And it's crazy that it's only been like seven, six, seven months with how much, um, I don't know if you want to call it success or how much attention we've made. It's been pretty cool, man. But yeah, I, I spent the first year just running from it, alcohol, drugs, yeah. anything to know. Cause I was in this weird, like Brian, I couldn't die cause of blue. Like I couldn't kill my, I wanted to die. Because the pain never stops. But you wanted to numb it. And I had to numb it. Like, well, I can't die because I have blue. So I was just in this weird limbo of what do I do with this amount of pain? And I would just try to numb it and run from it. 
And that's what I did the first year. What flipped after the first year? So I went to therapy and, and I don't think it was one thing. I think it was a lot of things, but one pivotal moment is I went to therapy what are you guys like? You guys like therapy or I go once a week. We're, we're, Good, we're, man. We're open to everything. Cause like, I hate the, and I, dude, I was such an idiot before the accident. I honestly thought like if a guy goes to therapy, they're like kind of soft. That's how I, I get that. Yeah. Right. And, and, and now like, dude, like, oh, anyway, so I'm in therapy with Matt Quackenbush and this dude is a bad dude, dude. This guy is cool. So he's, we're in therapy and. He says, Mason, this car accident, it's not a, it's not about you and blue. And this is pretty early after that. Like, so I'm really in the thick of my trauma and I'm a little offended almost like what the hell? Like, but I'm like, okay. And I keep listening and he says, you know, this car accident is about 7 billion other people that you now have the opportunity wow. to help. And I'm like, and then he said, Mason, if, if you wanted to take your own life, because I told him that, like, I struggle with why should I live? Like, death looked awesome to me. Because if I die, the pain stops, which sounds great. And I might see him again. I miss him. I want to see him. So, like, death to me, like, is like, okay. It was, it was like a win-win. Almost. Yeah. And, like, if a doctor came to me, he's like, hey, you have stage four cancer. You have five months left. I'd be like, thank God. That honestly, like, that's how I would take it, dude. For realization. And I'm just being honest with you. That yeah, I'm like, get it. okay. And, um, and so I would, ju- and so I'm in this therapy session. And then he said, you have an opportunity. He said, Mason, somewhere tomorrow, someone's going to lose a spouse. Someone's going to lose a daughter or a son or a niece or a nephew or a brother and a sister. He's like, you can help all of them. And then he asked me, he said, what are some of the emotions you have? Like feelings. I'm like, I feel alone. I feel helpless. He's like, yes. So you can help so many people with that if you want. It's like, so Mason, you can take your own life if you want. He said that. He said that to me. I'm like, dude, I'll do it, man. <laughs> Try me. And he's like, you can do that. Or you can take advantage of this opportunity, open your mouth, and help people. And I left, I left that therapy session like it wasn't like a complete turnaround. Like, I'm gonna go start a podcast today. But it was like the beginning of like that was the push you a needed. perspective shift like and the minute dude the minute i feel less like a victim in that moment yes and the minute i started dude trauma makes you so selfish i i mean i get it bro because you have the right to be selfish in that I, moment yeah you wake up and you're like what you just think well, about I mean, all your shit yeah, no, and you don't really have time to think about your shit but the minute i talked to my therapist and the minute i started trying to help other people that was one of the biggest changes and it was like the whole and it's really ironic because like i don't believe in in god like literally like this puppet master but like the story of god and the story of jesus is a hundred percent truth man like i'm filled with so much anger and pain i promise you love is the only way out man that jesus guy was right like love your neighbor love your enemy that's been my biggest help is, dude, when people message me on Instagram, I have no clue who they are from all across the world, dude. Hey, I lost my brother. Hey, I lost. And it's just so cool, man. It's yeah. cool. Then. And I think pain and death is beautiful because it brings us all together. The one moment that we can feel There's, we're compassion all, yeah. or equals or or just, you know, put, some, put yourself in somebody else's shoes for a second. Yeah. You know, that I feel like 
we've lost that as humanity. So we don't we don't love our neighbor anymore, mm -hmm. more or less. You know, I see it a lot in L.A. of just dude in L.A. It's just common, just just walking around. You know, just lack yeah. of respect for each other, lack of empathy. And I'm not the most empathetic. It's 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 <laughs> tough for me, even. You know what I mean? But I think it's just tough it. for guys in general, dude. I think there's something about it that we just associate with weakness and like we want to be the big, tough, strong. We've been taught to be like that. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now you understand there's a different purpose. Oh, dude, and I understand like we were kind of talking about this before we started recording. Like, I honestly used to think most people in life were happy. Yeah. And then there's just a couple people here and there that aren't, and you know, we'll help you out when we can. <laughs> and now I now it's like. I think most people are miserable and we all have shit we're going through and maybe, a couple, you know, and we just don't talk about it. Yeah. From that perspective, it's easier to see the world for what it is, isn't it? Yeah. To see that, you know, we're all operating from a, from a, from a we're disadvantage. All, we're all from a hurt man. place. Yeah. And that's one thing I don't like is, uh, cause people come up to me like, Hey, like, I lost my wife, but it's it's nothing like yours. I'm like, dude, what are you what are you doing? Yeah, yeah it's no why it's no relevant to this and to this 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 scale right here, right? For sure. And one of the things I hate is people being the victim, like playing the victim card. I hate it. Yeah. And like for me, like I I pay my bills. I work. I'm I'm starting a business. I'm starting a 1090 business. I I still do basketball skill training. Mm -hmm. I wake up and I work. Yeah. And I. I'm a good father to my kids still. Like, just because something really unfair and shitty happened to me, that doesn't give me the right to just do whatever I want the rest of my life. Like, I still have to set goals. And and I it drives me nuts when people play the victim. Like, something bad happened to me, so I should get this special treatment. Like, actually, no. Life's brutal, and you got to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and if if something bad happened to you, and then because something bad happened to you, the world gave you something, that would make life fair but it's not but life's not fair bro nope. and that's something else i've learned is yeah it took everything from me it owes me nothing it's got to be up to me if i'm going to give any meaning to it so uh -huh. like and it's a tough thing so you don't want to be the victim but you got to find healthy outlets to talk about it and that's the yin and the yang that's really difficult don't be the victim but i do need to express that i'm hurting in a healthy way and something like this Something like that. And that's something that at 1090, like with Sam, my co-host and with Ryan, I don't know if we've fully answered, but we're, we're working on that. Like how, yeah. how can we do this? How can we not be victims, but express that we're hurting? So that's part of the 1090 message that we're trying to help people with too. Speaker. But you can't be the victim, man. No. I mean, it, does, it doesn't get you anywhere, right? No. and Because you're last, expecting I know I, sympathy. I know I've talked a lot. You guys are no, probably not, bro. Like, like, this is your show. But, like, if I blame... Let, let's say I can't do something because my anxiety... Like, I have anxiety. I'm sure. Disorder now. I have yeah. depression. Like, yeah. I have PTSD. Like, I have stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And like, if I claim that I can't do something or I can't perform, I didn't do something very well. Like, let's say this podcast goes to shit. I can't say like, sorry, I didn't have it today. I'm dealing with depression. Like, if I played that card, that victim card, it is really disrespectful to my family, to my dead family, like to my wife, to Riggins, to Frankie, to Race, and to Ryder. I feel like 
if I claim I can and can't do things be, because of them, I feel like that's rude to them. They would not want me to say that. I know my wife wouldn't, my brother wouldn't for sure. Yeah. And that, that's just kind of how I see things. I can keep going. You have to. It's the only card you got left, honestly. Yeah. Well, or the other one, which, you know, is not good, but. You uh, got to keep going, man. Yeah, you wouldn't want to leave blue by himself either. Yeah, dude. And that's what put me in that limbo of like, yeah. You got to be there to help him and help him get through all of it because eventually he'll get to a point of where is mom? Yeah. And dude, when he first asked me that, like, I think it was the second night after the accident, like, where's mom? Oh, dude. It's brutal, man. Where's Frankie? Where's Riggins? I'm like, and you just had to tell him. And there's a quote I love. Um, I got into stoicism a lot. I don't know if you get into stoic philosophy, but it's that's more his department. Oh, is that right? It helped change my life. But there's a there's this really cool stoic quote by Marcus Aurelius that says, "When death smiles at you, all a man can do is smile back." That's right. And that quote, because that's what I did for the first year. I just was not smiling back. I couldn't look at death in the face. Running away from it. The minute I turned and smiled back, meaning, all right, bring it on. Like, you think this is going to ruin me? You think this is going to keep me in my bed the rest of my life? Like, fuck that. Like, you thought taking my family would shut me down? You fucked up. Now I'm going to start a podcast, and now I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make something great happen from it. So you fucked up, fate. You shouldn't have done it. And that's kind of the mindset that stoicism gives me that kind of pumps me up. Good. Empowers you. Yeah. You know? How did he... uh? How has he come to terms with, with this, uh, you know, with it just being the two of you now? Blue? Yeah. Dude, like, he was the middle child, and then all of a sudden only child. Like, that alone just has to be weird. Yeah. Like, not not just talking about this, the no, sadness. There is a... There is a just uh, the life change. Yeah. And the level of attention he gets. Yeah, it's just... So that alone has to be weird for him. I'm sure it was weird for him, just that everybody was overly... Yeah. Overly, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, dude, like... That kid is, he's doing so good, man. Yeah. And I don't know, because I, <clears throat> I asked my therapist, I'm like, how do I handle this with my kid? And he's like, how often do you cry around him? I'm like, never. Like, I don't. I used to, like, take him to a babysitter where I just lock myself up in the bathroom, turn the fan on, and just cry. Or take a shower. Like, Blue, I got a shower. And just cry. It's okay. He's like, you need to let him see you cry sometimes. Yeah. He's like, you got to let him know that you love them and you miss them. You got to let him know that you're hurting and it's okay for him to cry. He's like, he needs to see you cry sometimes. Not all the time. Like, don't overdo it. But like every once in a while, like you, he needs to see you cry. And that really helped. And, um, you know, I'll just go back to the, to smiling back at death. Like we talk about him. And for yeah. the first year with blue, I never talked about him with him, but now we talk about him all the time. And, it is painful, but that's where the love is too. And that's something I learned is if you if you run away from the pain, I get it, but you also run away from the memories and the happiness and the joy that we had together. All the good yeah, times. Yeah, it felt like fifteen plus years of memories with yeah, your wife. Man, and that's something that I've learned is yeah, the pain running away doesn't honor. No, you can't, dude. And and running away like and this is another thing I've learned. If you face whatever it is, it doesn't have to be death. It could be losing your job. It could be a relationship. Anything. Why, it could anything, be anything that we have an emotion about. Or if you run away too. from it, that accountability, 100% of the time, it's going to go bad on you. You run and forever. It probably, takes you. 
And when it catches you, it'll probably be worse. Yeah, way worse. What I've learned is if you turn and you face it, you're in more control of it. It do, It's not nearly as bad. And then if you turn and face it, you get the good parts of it too, man. Because there are gifts within trauma, man. Yeah. It is. Like, trauma is a gift. It's a shitty gift that your aunt gives you for Christmas or something. Like, a gift that you don't really want. But it's like a gift nonetheless. You like, would wish it upon no one. And it's not something you want to receive. But well said. at dude. the same time, a gift nonetheless, right? Yeah. Because in, was... in great distress comes comes great, you know, yeah. great responsibility and opportunity in front of you to, to help think. others, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a story that can you know, single-handedly make me think differently about my life and single-handedly make somebody that is dealing with the same type of trauma understand that they're not alone or that yeah. there is there is a reason to push forward. Yeah. And, like, so we got into the public speaking thing, and the, the interesting thing about death is it relates to everyone, dude. Like, the trauma behind it. Like, we speak at high schools, universities, law firms, construction businesses uh, like we all get to share dude, this like humans right yeah and it's really cool because how terrible that this story is if you flip it it allows you to experience so many beautiful things if that makes sense yeah no totally like the depth of the misery allows you like we're able to connect with so many racist is no longer like, no class no race it's no, been no it's, financial it, background nothing Nothing really transcends rich the fact people, that poor people, anything. This is the dude. story that everybody everybody has the same reaction to. Because we're all gonna. I mean, as you tell it, I cry. Yeah. As as you tell it, I'm sure everyone cries with you. For sure, yeah. Because we can all relate to this this understanding that this is a the the worst possible thing that could happen, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the worst phone call that you could ever that you. Yeah, could well, like get. I said, my mind went to courting racer hurt kids are in the hospital yeah. that that was where my brain unconsciously went to worst case scenario the, this is the impossible this is yeah, the one thing good. that nobody ever expects to happen but it does yeah how has your sister-in-law and niece taken it i like as good as you can i mean and trauma is weird because we all handle it differently does and she come speak with you sometimes no she uh she kind of does her own she's big into the yoga namaste mm-hmm Type, of, type thing. of thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm more of like, let's talk and cry together. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's more of like finding her yoke. peace yeah, in yeah. early. Which is yeah. great. That's fine. I'm yeah. just really unflexible and I don't like to sit like that. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your niece? She's doing, she just graduated high school. Um, just working. She's a little bit older. so Yeah, so she's she graduated early because she's smart. So she's trying to figure out her next step, but has mm-hmm. a boyfriend she really likes. How old was your, your, your nephew? Um, the one that passed away? Yeah. He was 12. He was 12. Ryder, yeah. Yeah. And then Ran. So my brother races. Other kid, Ran. He's, he's, uh, he'll be a junior in high school next year. He's a good little football player. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, what are the plans with 1090? Like, where do you see? I'm sure you just want to help as many oh, people as you can, it. but what do you guys have on the, on the, on the horizon for? Uh, so we just, we're booking, we probably get, interest to go speak somewhere we'll probably get one or two a week so we're filling up quickly it fills up and like like we've only been doing it for seven months so it's only gonna get it's only gonna get yeah so like if you have gonna touch more lives you know yeah so if, if you're listening to this and you have a business or a company and you want looking for a guest speaker hit up 1090 but 
Yeah, so I'm not honestly I'm not really sure what we're going to turn into or what we are. My my good friend Sam Josie who suffers from a rare form of dwarfism called Ellis Van Krebeld. Okay. We just started this podcast. We call it 1090 from that quote. Life's 10% what happens to you, 90% what you're going to do about it. And we bring guests on who have been through some shit, dude. We brought this couple on. They went hiking with their two little girls. And two little girls ripped out of their hands, flash flood, gone, drowned. Fuck, bro. Yeah. So we have stories like that where we invite people on. They talk about their 10% and then their 90%. Like, okay, what have you learned? What have you been doing? How can we take what you've learned and help other people with it type of thing? So that's kind of how we structure our podcast. So if you like sad stories, you like to cry, uh, we got some sad stories for you. Or if you like to learn about yeah. real life. And, Dude, and trauma's how, a good teacher for sure. How uh, unfair it can be. Yeah. You know, how unfair and that original question I asked you, and if you keep going. And you've, you've explained it over this right. last bit, and it's not any one specific thing. If there's it's, something that you could say to somebody out there listening right now that needs to hear this. I would say one day at a time. Yeah. Keep going. I say that. People ask me, how do you do it? I say one foot in front of the other. Honest to God, like, yeah. That's it. And honestly, like, I know it sounds so cliche, but dude, honestly, some days I'm like two hour windows at a time. Like, okay, I have something to do for two hours. Like, I have purpose for the next two hours. And that helps a lot. And then, like, okay, so, like, it'll be 1 o'clock. I have to pick up Blue at 3.30 from school. So, okay, I'm good for the next two and a half hours. That That's – and then when I pick up Blue, I have no idea what we're doing. I don't know if we're going to go to Nickel Mania. I don't know if he wants to go snowboarding. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing at 3.30, but I'm going to make it to 3.30. And that's honestly kind of how – dude – trauma messes with your brain like biologically i'm a mess i can't read very good anymore i say things backwards a lot and so being a podcaster is not easy dude like i listen to myself i'm like what are you saying right now i still struggle with the yeah podcast sometimes. you've it's taken just... on a lot in a very short period of time yeah though. yeah you know? i mean godspeed to know that you've been able to to flip the switch that quick i mean most people i mean you're still in a grieving stage obviously and I'm not yeah. sure that that you know. Well, like I don't I don't know enough about it to know whether. Can I say one more thing before we wrap up? Yeah, please. please. We don't have, whenever like, you want to wrap, we wrap. Because I yeah. I will say, because I, I do have a podcast and I do do public speaking, and when I do it, you know, the lights are on, look happy, but dude, like, I woke up this morning and cried. Yeah. And I cried for a while, and I took a shower, and I cried. And then I had to wake up blue, and so I stopped crying. Like, I it, I give off this perception to a lot of people. Like, I've overcome something. Like, how did you overcome that? Like, dude, I have not overcome it at all. I'm trying to move forward with it. And and I think if you've experienced like – we talked about your buddies in, in the Marines. We talked about some other people. Like, if people have seen real traumatic shit, they're screwed. Like, yeah. for the rest of their life, like, that shit ain't going away. The only hope you have is learning what to do with that pain. Like, what are you going to do about it? That's that's really your only focus. But the pain and, the and dude, the survivor's guilt. Dude, the survivor's guilt I have is, 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 dude, I, I was literally riding my motorcycle yesterday. Just, wee, just having a good time. And then literally, like, how can you be happy? You're a piece of shit. You just lost your wife, your kids. How dare you be happy? And it just shuts me down, dude. And I'm just miserable. And 
yeah, so it's not good, man, but you keep going, and we're all... I love the comedian Bill Burr. He always says we're all, eat, great. We're all eating a shit sandwich out here. I think he's right. We're he's all right, eating a shit sandwich, it. and... You, you can just... love him or hate him, but but Bill Bill tells you yeah, like it is most. I agree. Time, you know? Like, and you just hope you have some good bread and some good lettuce around it. But we're all <laughs> eating a shit sandwich, dude. Yeah, to 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 shit sandwiches and and life being not so fair. Yeah. right? it's a lot for people to uh, uh, undertake sometimes because we expect we were told that if we do things the right way, things will have a happy outcome, and yeah. it it seems that more and more we learn that that's not the case, right? Yeah, so, I think you're right. Finding something to uh, to keep pushing for, if it's not just blue, but to know that there's there literally is billions of people that that your your story and your life will help. You know what I mean? Right, man. Yeah, Appreciate I mean, you. 17 million on TikTok. That's a that's a good yeah, start to get going. You know? Well, it's what I was told anyway. I don't know. I don't have TikTok. That's huge, bro. And it's not just that, but like, you know, the downline of that being passed around is that. Is that everybody hears that, and even if it's for the thirty seconds that people can focus on something, that's that's thirty seconds of honor for 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 your family, and thirty yeah, seconds of yeah. of uh, hopefully them putting things into perspective of what's really important. You know, imagine yeah, if sure. one person, imagine if every time somebody hears this, they make one good decision. Well, that's what me and Ryan, you know what I mean? me and Sam, like, hey, if one person, one person makes is, a good decision based yeah. off of them operating, it, 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 you know, obviously, you know, people change and people go back to, to, to life. And but if today, you know, I operate differently because I got to sit here and, and feel this emotion from from this tragic event, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it changes the way I touch one person and the downline of that yeah. is endless, you know? Well, I have a lot of people message me like, dude, I just saw your video and i really literally went home hugged my wife told my kids i love them i i even think that is amazing like, that's right? worth it how much me. love is spread because of that yeah like that's cool man like i'm glad i was able to help you help you do that because honestly that might be the last time he hugs all of them exactly <laughs> like we and you really, never think it's really, you dude we really never know you never think it's you but it could tomorrow's be. never promised yeah dude you know cherish what you have in front of you and remind those people that you do love them that you do care because sure. you never know when that will be the last time yeah. Yeah, that uh you gotta smile back, huh? I yeah, dude. I love that quote. That's great. Yeah, it really is. Is that that's the only way that we can make it through this, you know, is that we just kinda just, you know, look it in the face and understand that we're here to to obviously feel these emotions and, and keep it pushing. Yeah. Amen. Anything else you wanna you wanna add? Just thank you so much. Um I'm terrible with the whole Instagram thing. So Ryan, oh, please. Ryan's like my video guy's like, you have to tell we'll put it. We'll, we'll put, it, uh, put it, you have to put it down there. <laughs> and I just yes. like forget like, but yeah, I'll yeah, put it down. Give there. everybody your social, how hey, to find yeah. you. What, uh, give me some good places to eat around here though. I love food in California. Do you? You got to give me some, uh, we got not, you. maybe not right now, but after, I got, yeah, you. we like, got I'm you. Home. I'm getting, yeah, home. we'll, we'll, we'll hook you up right now. We got you. Yeah. We eat good. But um, so we have the 1090 rule. It's the number 10, and then you spell out 90 on Instagram. That's where we post most of like our podcast info. Uh, we have a website. Um, what if someone wants to reach you directly? If you want to reach me directly, message the 1090 Instagram page. Right, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. That way you're not. We don't well, want to get I, flooded with the. Well, that, that's that's and it's, dude, you got to get I, through them, you know. You guys, you guys are big. Like you guys have a like you guys are big time. I have someone filter my messages. 
dude and that dude and it's like <laughs> hold on can we talk about this real quick yeah because yeah. because dude it's a lot the 1090 business dude it's not connected to like a bank account for me it's connected to my family dude yeah so like the whole business side of it is really, really difficult for me. Yeah. And so when people need help with that, well, like gotcha. what I mean by that is like people will message me like my dad passed away or my wife died. And I used to be able to have conversations with these people, but now there's so many, there's so many. And I don't, I'm not trying to sound big time. When I say so many, I mean like 27 messages. That's a lot, bro. But dude, like that's a lot of messages. to respond to each one, like In the depth. way I, I respond, it takes, I can't, now I'm not even playing with blue anymore. I'm like, this isn't what I. So it's been hard, dude. There has to be a filter because you have so things bad. To do I'm like these guys, because I know how bad they're. They want to connect, like, dude. It's it's hard, man. No, I get it. Um, it's it's not. My good. guy over here is pretty good at like structuring shit like that. Yeah. So, you know, pick us here and and he can help you with the. I can help get you. A you know, more I'm dialogue. the same way, bro. I'm super personal. Dude, and I like I still go basketball through my, my time, home. so like, I don't know. <laughs> my regular inbox, I go through yeah. my other inbox. I still reply to everybody. I try to See, at least. Good dude, you know. And you know, my wife's like, "Why the fuck are you always on your phone?" And I'm like, "I, I feel like kind of compelled to just give somebody that time." You know what dude, I mean? They like, message you like, "I'm so alone." How do you not respond? I feel yeah. So my bad, my stuff dude. is is not even in that realm, so I could only imagine it's because. Yeah. You want to give that attention, but then it, it's, you have to protect, you have to protect your peace as well, bro. Cause every time that happens, you open it back up as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's gotta be a time and a place you gotta and, and you balance. need it too, you know? And blue is your priority. Right. So it's like, well, well, offline, I'll give you some ideas. Yeah. I need, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. I, this is awesome. For telling I love, your story, love California. So I um, wish we had a little better weather for you, but it's I know warm. the rain. What are you going to do though? Yeah. It is what it is. You'll get back is. in the summer when yeah. it warms up. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, like, follow, subscribe. Um, you know, go check out the 1090. And uh, you know, thanks again, Mason. We appreciate you. Thanks, you got coming out thanks. and uh, you know, telling us this this heartfelt story. Anytime, man. All righty, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate you. The most awkward, like. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, bro.